Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coding with Christine Hall coming to you from sunny South Florida today. I have my good friend Terry Fletcher with us today. We're going to talk about cardiology and, and getting into cardiology coding. How are you, Terry? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, a couple of important things we should talk about today. Today is National Banana Split Day. I've always loved ice cream. It's my thing. I don't know. People who don't know, child. For people who don't know Christine well or your first time listening in, she has every single national holiday day, whatever it is, on her list. Absolutely. <laughs> and especially the food holidays. Yep. I, I make sure I have to support those food holidays there. Um, Today is also the National Independence Day for Uruguay. And for some of you who don't know, that is where my family is from. That's where we come from, um, the wonderful country of Uruguay in South America. So um, Feliz Día de Independencia to all of my Uruguayan family and friends. Um, we've come a long way, haven't we? Anyway, today we're gonna talk about uh, going into cardiology coding and Terry, Cardiology scares me to death. <laughs> it scares a lot of people and it, it shouldn't, but it, it, it definitely doesn't keep, it keeps you on your toes. It doesn't make you bored for sure. Definitely. And, um, you know, I, I teach for AAPC and we go through all the chapters. And then when we get to cardiology, I have to remind the students that you're going to be in the surgery section, the medicine section, a little bit of radiology. You're going to be kind of all over the place. And um, it can be it can be a little challenging there. So I thought if you could come and just you know give cardiology a good rap and and tell everyone what your journey into cardiology was and how you found your way there, um, that might be a little bit helpful. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to age myself. I've been doing this a very long time. So and actually, this is a good way to age yourself. I actually started in chiropractic coding. So if you go back to that. Uh, in the late 80s, and I was going to college, uh, Pennsylvania, and we had typed claims. Actually, it was funny. I was thinking about it when I woke up this morning, what I was going to talk about. And we had these folders that um, on the front had the patient demographics. On the inside, you put the copy of the patient's insurance card, you know, from our Xerox machine. And then on the back had the HICFA form that we would put in our typewriters, the IBM Selectric, right. and we would type our claims. And then when patients would pay a copay, we'd have these uh, ledgers and on the a pegboard peg system, so, yeah, pegboard system, <laughs> and we'd have to press really hard to write down on our pegboards. So, um, so yeah, the back in the day, did but, you have uh, the IBM machine that you could program to help you with no, your HICFAs? No, mine was oh, the one okay. that you just hit return and it scares the heck out of you, like it's gonna yeah. fall yeah. off. You know, funny, funny, quick story about that. My daughter went to college, uh, started her college career in Indiana and at Bethel College and ended up getting her master's out here in California. But she, they went to a, uh, a business machine graveyard or no, I'm sorry, museum. I call it a graveyard. And she's like, she goes, mom, we saw this thing. It was looked kind of, they wanted to pretend it was a computer and it had keys on it. She goes, and it was so funny because every time you hit return, it like went this way to get to the next line. She goes, and then you had to press, um, you had to press like this um, shift button and then another button X to get a whiteout on there. And I'm laughing going, yeah, so this was at a museum. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Oh a museum. Yeah. And she's like, and I go, that was a typewriter. 
silly girl move on so anyway yes yeah, so i remember museum. my my husband made me get rid of my typewriter a few years ago when we were going through storage and for a half a second i thought but maybe yeah i'm never gonna need that okay. yeah no i know mine mine just made me get rid of my um tape recorder i had for just you know notes and stuff he's like no you're done you have you have a recording on your phone stop <laughs> But, so anyway, I did, I did chiropractic for a little bit when I was, I was going to college um, for economics, which is really funny. And uh, then got my bachelor's in that, had enough credits to the, actually the, my professor came up to me and goes, you only need six more credits. Now, remember this was in the eighties. Mm -hmm. And if you get six more credits, two in biology and four in some science, you actually could get your RN. I'm like, but I don't like the sight of blood. He goes, well, then you'd be a nurse that doesn't like the sight of blood. I'm like, oh, that's great. Well, I really liked the medical part of it. So I kept staying in medical because my, I really wanted to be CEO of Procter and Gamble. I thought that would have been cool, you know, a corporate person. But um, when I finished that, I moved into general surgery in the early nineties. And actually then uh, from that taught coding seminars on different specialties because now Christine, I don't know how long you've been doing this, but do you remember office visit codes that were 9004050060 and only based on time? I do. Have you been doing it that long? You do. Okay. Yeah, I, I predate E&M. So okay, me too. Uh, I started in the 80s. So okay. I predated E&M. Yeah. So, yeah um, so. Betty Hovey and I, we were talking the other day and we said we're, we're CPT sisters. Oh, there you go. So there she you was go. born the year of CPT. I wasn't born the year of CPT, but um, shortly after that. So we are CPT sisters. Well, it's funny because I think about that every once in a while because we're kind of coming full circle now that we're back to time or medical decision making. Yeah, 30, 40 years ago, it was based just on time, right? Yeah. So then um, just kind of getting my feet wet and just thinking, you know, and it helps to have the nursing background. You know, what do I like? What specialty? I really love the coding and billing and seeing a check come in when you send something to the insurance company, mm -hmm. arguing with them. And, you know, cardiology, just I just kind of found it, stepped into it and got a really good response from my understanding of it. So and I like the fact that cardio isn't just about the heart. It's then the doctor started venturing out into what I call peripheral vascular and mm -hmm. extremities and carotids. And, you know, so they're they're everywhere. And then. Um, knowing the difference between the computer of the heart, electrophysiology, and then blockages yeah. of the heart, general cardiology, you know. Blood I blood tell blood. students, when we say cardiology, it gets a bad rap because you it do, does. you have vascular, you have electrophysiology. There's so many different areas that make our body go. Right. And um, I think it, it sometimes does get a little bit of a bad rap because you can't wrap your head around all of those different subspecialties in cardiology. And there's a lot. It's it's very similar to orthopedics where they have all kinds of subspecialties, which actually brings me, you know, I know that you do several specialties. You do. I mean, I know you you are ex an expert in that. Um, I used to have 12 specialties. Nobody can be a, an expert in everything. And right. I do like to be able to say I am a subject matter expert. So cardiology, peripheral cardiology, to me, that's two separate specialties. Um, and then limited on orthopedics. I don't do spine. I do everything else. And then yeah. GI, I've kept GI. GI is easy. I told somebody that like GI. I love GI. I'm like, if you want something easy, OB-GYN or GI, that, that's where you can yeah. totally start and understand it and not have a problem. Um, but then things have pivoted quite a bit where now 
I feel like telehealth is my jam, <laughs> even though that's not a specialty, it's a delivery of health or delivery of medicine, but that's kind I, of- uh, I agree with you there, Terry. Telehealth has come so far. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of telehealth, like you're a fan of telehealth. I just think that sometimes we need to have a little more fencing around it. We do. We, we have to have some oversight. There has to be some, well, there, there's no standard of care right now for telehealth. Yeah. It's just basically do what you want. And I think it's a problem. I even saw, I think it was Yale or one of the, those universities basically said that, oh, we didn't see any problem with, you know, telehealth um, over in-person being any issues. And then you see OIG going, well, that's not what we found. <laughs> we right. found that it's not only a problem, but people are overextending, they're billing the where they shouldn't, they're trying to bill for test results. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, yeah, you know, you university studies, you don't know what we're looking at. We're looking at, you know, compliance and right. appropriateness and, you know, you're just looking to see if the codes line up. And, <laughs> and uh, OIG's got nine audits right now, unless they've they added do. a new one recently. They've got nine telehealth audits happening right now. So, But yeah, for those of you, you know, trying to find out if you want to get into a different specialty or if cardiology is one something you want to consider, what I would recommend, anything that you want to consider as far as a different specialty, and hopefully you don't eye roll at this or think, well, I don't want to do that. I, I really truly believe, and I, again, I don't know if this is my clinical background or what it is. I think you need to at least try a terminology class first and then try an anatomy class and see if you like it. If you don't like it and you're not interested in how things, you know, go in and out of the body in that specialty, you won't like the coding part. So perfect example. I'm not, a, I don't like urology. I don't know why. Just don't like it. Never been. I just, I've tried it. Don't like it. And so it just depends on where your headspace is, if you like it. And if you find it interesting, then moving into the, the coding part of it, you, it really kind of connects for you. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And understanding, perfect example, um, people that you typically have heart disease of any kind or even pre-heart disease also have other chronic conditions, usually. And yeah. so, and people don't realize that hypertension, for example, which is big in cardiology, a problem in primary care, is really affects the kidneys, but it's usually somebody who also has heart issues. Mm -hmm. And then if they, it's to me, cardiology is kind of like, kind of like a, a car that has a flat tire, and then it affects everything else that's going in the body, you know, right. or it just, it, there's always something that you're having to overwork an area to try and fix this thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's, and I think that's with any specialty. If you, if you like it from an anatomy and a terminology standpoint, and it's easy to remember, then coding will come pretty natural to you for it. Yeah, I get, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Absolutely. I think, um, I've never worked as a GI coder. However, in all my studying of GI and, and I've audited GI many times now, but I fell in love with the terminology. I fell in love with the organ system. Um, the concept of, of the GI tract just kind of thrills me. I guess it's because I'm a good eater and I love what goes in. <laughs> and there's no work. Like the body just takes what it needs. The body's like, oh yeah, I want that vitamin. I want that mineral. Mm, I don't want the rest of that. So, mm. <laughs> And there you have know. it. National banana split day. Okay, That's there you go. <laughs> Oh, you're so funny. So, but 
You know, what's funny though, is that I don't really care for general surgery. I can code it. You know, I do it. I just, it's, it's too general. It's not right. specific. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But I just, it's too all over the place. And yeah. It's a hernia. It's, yeah. it's a hernia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hernias and, and breast biopsies and, you know, breast surgeries yeah. and um, things like that. But as soon as you start getting into the colorectal area, there's all kinds of gray area. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to code in there. I'll do it if you make me, but I don't want to. Yeah. But I love um, cardiology. So what do you find to be your most favorite part of cardiology? Um, honestly, it's, it's training that new coder, either the coder oh. that comes from another specialty or a coder who's a seasoned coder. And I see a light bulb going on. Oh my gosh, I've been trying to do that for 10 years and it finally makes sense. And for those of you that are in cardiology, I think you'll probably laugh at this. You know, we have enough on our brain. We never thought anything else could could fit in this area. And then the doctor said, oh, no, let's do non-coronary peripheral. And we're like, you've got to be kidding me. And I see a lot of cardiology coders going, no, no, no. I, I already know the cardiology part. I don't want to go into the legs. I don't want to go into the aorta. What are you, you're killing me. And so when I give some classes and they're basic peripheral vascular, they're like, Oh, okay. Now, you know, that makes sense. Even, even coders who are seasoned 20 years into it, they're like, I, I just can't get it. And then I see a light bulb or the new coder going, you know, I don't, I feel stupid in this. I'm like, don't feel stupid. Not, not yeah. encoding. Coding is not, mm -mm. Uh, you know, a, not to discount a receptionist, but it's not a basic entry level position. Right. You're kind of going in hit or miss. And there's an assumption by a lot of providers and practitioners and practices that you have the same level of clinical knowledge that your doctor does. And we know that's, you know, not fair, but you're um, paid the same pay as the receptionist. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's but, the way the providers all think of us. We have the same knowledge, but we don't deserve the same pay. <laughs> I also found that cardiology specialty is in just from a consulting perspective, it's the most profitable. So mm -hmm. if you know your cardiology stuff, you're, you're going to make money. And that that's, I mean, that's a big deal when you're an independent consultant. Well, I think because just the little bit of cardiology that I've, that I have done, and it was many, many years ago, when, the last time that I coded cardiology, um, our, our uh, caths had five to six codes when we were coding our caths. And so things have changed a lot since then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I used to find that it was really interesting um, that sometimes when you were auditing somebody else's work, they didn't realize they were going to the wrong place or maybe they they went into a branch or it was just a, an advancement and not really going into another branch. And the, the coding didn't quite fit what the documentation said because it, it's kind of com complicated. It is, it is. Yeah. It, it's not just complicated. You have to know, and this is, I guess, with any specialty, you have to know the nuances of the specialty. Um, one of the things, for example, in cardiology is that there's certain things you can code when the intent is different. Mm -hmm. So if you are, let's say, providing an extremity angiogram because during your heart cath, you couldn't get the catheter manipulated into, let's say, the right groin, you can bill for that image. But if you're doing it to close the site, you can't bill for that right. image because that's closure. So knowing those things just from picking up a report and how to code it and how to modify it so that it's paid first try. And if it's not how to, um, how to appeal it, mm -hmm. those are nuances that other specialties don't necessarily have. Right. Right. 
Definitely. The same codes, but there's a different reason why you're doing it. And that could be, definitely be a challenge. It can because you're up against, you know, edits, MUEs, um, you know, just trying to explain numerically from a coding perspective what you're doing. And sometimes you just you just can't. You're, you're trying to explain it from, you know, diagnosis to you're trying to give a total health picture on the patient diagnosis to CPT to modifier. And they're just looking at it from a you know, computer edit situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. But this this actually was medically necessary. This wasn't a routine thing. So cardiology right. has some definitely some challenges on that end. Where do you go? What is your go to for assistance in cardiology? So as you're coding and you come across what I call the technical term wonky situation, <laughs> um, where do you go when you find a wonky situation? Well, since I'm supposed to be the the wonk master, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of have to search it out myself and do the best I can. But um, the American College of Cardiology, the ACC, they do sponsor a lot of my seminars and webinars. So that's helpful. Um, when it's diagnosis codes, uh, the, um, the, is it ICD10data.com? I really like that site. It's, you have to always, it, you take it as, um, when you look at it, always verify it in your book or verify it with the other, but it's a great quick, you know, you need a diagnosis code yeah, and you're trying to figure it out and you're like, okay, that's the start. And it's accurate. I've, I've, I can't tell you how many times I don't find errors on that site and, it, and it's free, which is helpful, I know. Um, but it's, it's hard to really find. I mean, I like the professional edition CPT. I know that seems basic, but it has CPT assistant references, you know, it, it has diagrams and I write a book called the peripheral cardiology coder for MedLearn. And so um, we just had our 21st year of, of writing that book. And congratulations. Book. Thank you. We had over a million copies. So that was pretty fun. Um, but so with, I wrote it. So, with so the, you're, you're saying that you just dabble in cardiology. Is that what I'm you're just saying? A little Terry? Bit, just, a, just little. a dabbler. <laughs> just yeah. a dabbler. Yeah. But I have some books on it as well. So that's yeah. incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. I do like it. Wow. So, so those would be the resources. Look for Terry's resources. And, and I've seen you on the editorial board of everything. And, um, and that's awesome, though. That really is awesome. That's, that's a true testament to your passion for cardiology. It's, um, I really appreciate it. And uh, what you were saying about ICD-10 data, that's something that I share with my students. Once you pass your certification exams, start using the ICD-10 data. Always yeah. go back to your book to, to solidify it. But if you are in a pinch and you're trying to figure something out, um, that's always a real good go-to reference and resource there. Now, I have another question for you. Okay. Um, does your CPT book have as many notes in it as my CPT book does? It's my you Bible. And I heard, oh my gosh, Christy, did you hear they're thinking of not having the paper version that they just want to do digital? Why my head exploded. I'm like, no, no, no. I have, I mean, I have it right on my desk. You know, I, I constantly have it open, tabbed up, written yes. sticky notes, you know. Yes. Well, I, and I, I look they, forward to that, that, that December day that I sit down with hot cocoa and we have the snow day because, exactly. you know, the little white things that go all over the desk. I'm in Florida. You're in California. In California. Yeah. I'm like a snow day. Yeah. No, no. Our, those are our snow days, right? Yeah. When the, the little, the little droppings from the CPT book, exactly. um, I get my ruler, my highlighters, they're all lined right. up and I, I get to rewrite my notes and, um, and we have to transfer them from one to the other and update them. And then yeah. put little notes up at the top. So we know how to search something out because exactly. also cardiology has the most codes 
the specialty that are um, out, out of sequence. So <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, you're, you're not only most, one of the most difficult specialties to code next to, you know, interventional radiology, but now you're trying to play games with us. <laughs> now you're like, find the code. Well, I mean, <laughs> I look at that as it could be good. I know it's challenging for us as coders, but it just means that we are coming up with new and more advanced ways and they're just sticking those new codes where they belong, yeah. not necessarily in that numerical order. So that makes it challenging for the coder, but it also means that we're getting some new ways, better ways, more efficient ways to treat patients. It is. I can never find a cardio version. It's not where it's supposed to be. I really, I always think I tab it. I'm like, where is that? 92960, I can't find it. And it's always way back in the 93 code. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you see the little number signs going, it's out of sequence. I'm like, I'm aware. It's been yes. out of sequence for 10 years. <laughs> but where out of sequence? This is just making me crazy. You know, no, people, I feel that pain. People always ask me too, what, what are your favorite codes in your thing? You know, one of the things that I, I don't necessarily have a favorite code, but I do have something I really like and, I think it came up last year that it was just such a such a great addition to the general guidelines for ICD-10. And that was where they included coders in the process um, of the, having integrity um, to the, you know, to the record where yes, they said the coder is a physician. Did you see that at the beginning? I it was like, loved it. Finally, you know, yes. finally. Um, and so, you know, this is where finally the arguments made when we're talking about clinical documentation integrity, it's not just in the codes themselves, it's in the general guidelines, you know, yeah. of the collaboration between coder and provider. So that's probably so my favorite part. Me too. Yeah. I, I get so this, this past update where you see me, I, I start to get all bubbly and giggly. It's like <laughs> we're going to a playground together, Terry. So they started talking and I tell my students, when you read the guidelines, you get to see as coders, we get a little more power and a little more power and a little more power. Now we we're able to go in and pull laterality out. We're able to go in and search for those social determinants of health, whether it's the attending physician or another qualified healthcare professional that reports it in the medical record. And I thought, you don't realize as a coder, how much power that really gives us it does. because we're yeah. limited. It does. It gives you even um, more power when they have lessened when you need to query, you know, as a hospital person that's coding. So it's like you have to query whenever there's a question. But if this is something there, they've given you like some defaults, which has been mm -hmm. very helpful. Um, but yeah, when I saw that added to the general guidelines, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they finally added that coders are people, too. <laughs> it's just like, this is so great. So I, I was, kept I telling everybody in my presentations, like, okay, guys, this is the best thing that's happened. And, you know, I still look out into an audience of blank stares, like, all right, Christine, idle down there. You know, it's not, I know. but it, it is, <laughs> it really is because we, we work with these providers hand in hand. And I'm not sure that they really understand that we need them to tell us the story, tell mm -hmm. us what was going on. So we can together make sure we have the most specific code. I mean, I'm embarrassed for my providers when it's an unspecified leg. Yes. Really? You had it in your hand. You don't yes. remember which one it was? No. You yeah, know. no. I don't remember. Yeah. You don't know what, you really don't know what side of the heart you're on. You don't know what, what <laughs> extremity you're using. I'm just like, okay. Well, and it was funny because I had a recent um, person that just from met on LinkedIn, like you and I were LinkedIn friends, mm -hmm. that basically she said, 
well, I'm trying to get a raise and I can't figure out how to get a raise. I'm like, oh, I got you, girl. So she went and copied the front of the uh, general guidelines. And I said, now you can say, hey, I'm part of your process. And to continue with keeping your process in check, I feel like I should be paid what I'm worth. And this is, and she said she ended up getting uh, an extra couple dollars an hour raise. So that was actually awesome. a good thing. Yeah. I That's have a question. A great. Yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you. Sure. So how many times do you get somebody coming to you with a quoting question and they say, Hey, can you check this? I got this code off of Facebook. <laughs> no, I haven't been on Facebook for eight years. I, I hate Facebook. Okay. I'm sorry. I said it. I said it. I don't like it. It's okay. political. I don't like it. I, for those of you who like it, I apologize. I am on Instagram though. I do like Instagram. It's just photos. Do you? My I'm on Facebook, but only <laughs> per personally. I'm not professionally on Facebook. My company's on Facebook for announcements and things like that. Um, Facebook, I have my friends. Um, and until you want, you push me into to trying to have an opinion, and then I don't want to see your posts anymore. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. I'm I, I'm yeah. Switzerland. I'm neutral. I I I was raised um, the well again the Uruguayan. We're kind of the Switzerland of South America. So. Politically, I don't have any strong feelings. Um, maybe I think that this could be better or that could be better, but I'm not up there. So I'm doing the best I can here. And <laughs> See, so I, like, I'm not gonna... I like Twitter because I'm a football fan. So I'm NFL and I even write for an NFL site. I like um, Instagram. Do you like the Red Sox or the Panthers? Oh my gosh, you are so funny to me. Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, okay. <laughs> we had a conversation. Christine and I were on the compliance <laughs> guy um, this past week, and we were having a roundtable about billing and coding. And Scott Kraft and uh, Sean Weiss and I were talking, obviously, baseball. <laughs> and, and Scott is, is a New York Yankees fan, and uh, Sean is a um, Boston Red Sox fan. Baseball, Christine, and I'm a Pirates fan, even though I'm in California not a, really a Dodgers fan anymore, but um, Christine's like, I didn't watch the Super Bowl with the Red Sox and we're like face plant. <laughs> yes. I, I am. Uh, the, the, the couple is, I do a lot of the, the, the water sports. Uh, I like fishing. I, I'm an equestrian. I ride horses. I do dressage. I know who won the Kentucky Derby, but oh, okay. um, no the, sports. The best hat. Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and the cutest mint julep. And uh but sports, I never had the time. But I, um, if, rather than watching a football game, no offense, I think that's lots of people enjoy that. I'd rather read the guidelines. I get a lot of pleasure out of that. I'd rather yeah. read the proposal. I'd rather one up all of us. Go ahead. Keep and, going. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a big nerd. I'm just really I am. That's yeah, my you're thing. proving it more and more. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're so funny. <laughs> no, but just back to my question. We get yeah. a lot of you that are. Um, try to take the internet verbatim, always double check, no matter what yeah. specialty you're in. You know, we mentioned the, you know, ICD10data.com. That's a verified, that's a verified, um, you know, website. Make mm -hmm. sure that if you get anything from a social media account that you always verify, there was so much in erroneous information put out, not just on telehealth, but other when the PHE started, um, you just have to be really careful with that. So we, we don't want that yeah. to, you know, and, and when you read articles that you Google on the internet, always look at least towards the bottom, there should be some reference or within the contest, context, some reference to an authoritative guidance. You're looking for CMS, you're looking for the ACA, you're looking for 
uh, a, a national organization. You're looking for something that is reparable within that, because even those articles could be somebody's interpretation of it. And that's okay sometimes, but when you're presenting it, you need to present it as the facts, right? not what somebody's opinion was. I, Terry and I, we were talking earlier about um, the word encounter that we see in the E&M guidelines, where my interpretation is today. Encounter means today, but the way that it's written, it says encounter. So although you're going to follow my guidance of today, make sure you have it in writing that it says per encounter, right? Exactly. That way, yeah. So um, great. And I have a, a motto too. If it's not published guidance from an authoritative source, it's just opinion. Yeah. It's just opinion. So make sure that whenever you get something, we always do the sniff test. If it doesn't smell right, like you right. haven't been doing it forever, think, you know, where did you get that? Always question it because your credibility is also on the line, not just, you know, where you get it from. That is 100% true. Absolutely. And if you can't find something authoritative, reach out. Um, I know we're both big on LinkedIn and yeah. you can reach out to us or you can reach out to any other you know, res resource that you, you know out there and ask them for that authoritative resource. I heard this follow it up with paper, follow it up. Well, maybe not physical paper because we're, we're saving trees now, but give me a PDF document to look at and read it. Don't just take it, read it, make sure it, it matches what, what that information is that you're putting out there. Right. And so. we, you know, we also try to give you some free stuff because we are independent consultants. So we do charge for some of our information. You know, we'll give you a, you know, a free question here and there, but we put out podcasts. Obviously you're listening to Christine's now. Uh, mine's a CodeCast podcast. We also, mm -hmm. I have a membership service on my website, Code, Coding Corner, where we've had people there for 25 years, where you can ask unlimited questions. So there's resources, but just make sure you know, not everything is free. You right. Know, you get right. what you pay for. So you, well, you also, and, and respect the knowledge. You exactly. know, you, you want to get do. something good back, respect the knowledge. So exactly. Exactly. Scrolling at the bottom here, you're going to see that uh, both mine and Terry's information is coming across right now. So make sure that you reach out to Terry, Terry Fletcher Consulting. Um, where's Terry's information, Lexi? There it is. Yeah, right yeah. on. Wow. Um, that you check out her podcast. Podcast is incredible, guys. You can also catch her on Tuesdays on the Compliance Guy. You can catch her um, with the ICD 10 monitor on talk 10 Tuesdays. Um, you do, you give us so much, Terry. Thank you for everything that you do. It's really appreciated. I know that I would be lost without you and your guidance. Um, and I appreciate that. Well, thank you. I, I actually feel the same about you because <laughs> I, I like how you word things. I, I've taken a couple of your set in a couple of your local chapter presentations. My favorite is your incident too. Because it's just so matter of fact. I mean, you can't argue with your material. You can't argue with your take. Well, on I it. have it on demand on my website. Right. So anyone who's interested in that uh, presentation and information on incident two, um, it could be a wonderful benefit to your practice, or it could be the biggest nightmare. It just depends <laughs> on how you're interpreting it. So it's yeah, so true. it's so true. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that is a pet peeve of mine is, and this kind of goes along with what we've been talking about is not being prepared, you know, having being, not being educated, not being prepared coders that are, you know, basically using old outdated information. 
one of the things Christine and I both pride ourselves on is not only do we put out information for you, but we also update it regularly. You yes. know, CPT book gets updated once a year and occasionally they'll put the T codes every quarter up on their website, but they don't put them in their book until obviously it's published again. I'm updating webinars. Like I have one uh, at noon line time coming up today on telehealth. <laughs> I think I update those, what, every minute? We're, we're sitting on a pulse right now. Um, right. Out if the public health emergency is going to renew. But um, we update things, gosh, daily. Yes. I, I hate even to say it's once a week, every day. I'm just, I'm always looking through and saying, well, that was good yesterday. Today it's, it's different. So absolutely. I, I, I try to at least, I get a lot of those uh, listserv emails that come through and I try to at least look at them, glance over them just to catch. Is it anything that I'm currently working on or going to be working on according to my calendar um, that I need to pause and, and take a minute and look at? There are certain things that I, I'm not, I'm not on the facility side. I don't do a whole lot with the facility side. So if I see those emails, I might glaze them over. But like you said, telehealth or um, any of the specialties that I'm working in or any of those Medicare policies like incident two, um, <laughs> split yeah. and shared. We've got some changes coming up on that. I've, I've been diving into the proposal and seeing some of the things that CMS is delaying. Proposing. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy on some of those changes, but not a, not a lot of them. Like, really? Right. Yeah, really, you're doing that. I was surprised. Just, I guess, to kind of change the topic a little bit. I know we're, you know, we're on time here, but I was surprised that Medicare said in the proposal they're going to open up things for preauthorization. That's a step backward. Why are we doing that? Medicare really doesn't have is. that except for DME. Yeah, I was so bummed. But hopefully, we'll get enough comments, and that's what I I always share with my students, with my my clients, my colleagues, with anyone who'll hear me. This is the comment period. If you're not happy with it, comment. And don't comment and say, oh, this sucks. Say, right, well, that's the truth. I mean, why don't you give us something that says, here's what my concerns <laughs> are and what are you going to do to address those? Or here's an alternate solution that you could consider. Be part of that solution. And, and but comment, get involved. If you're you don't get involved, yeah, then, uh, you know, really you're not, you're not doing your providers any justice and you're just repeating the definition of insanity. We're just, wow, that happened to yeah, me. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. Just something. Don't just say it sucks. Well, I was just recently um, consulting with a client where they said that their, uh, their appeals process wasn't working. And I said, can I see some of your letters? What are you sending out your reconsideration <laughs> forms? And a couple of them basically said, please pay me more money. I don't like this. And I was like, you, you, they did not. And, and I was trying to be really nice, but I'm like, okay, guys, <laughs> you, you signed this fee schedule for this commercial plan. That's not going to work. <laughs> you know, once you, once you enter into an agreement, you're stuck with the fee schedule. Now, did they violate any terms of the contract or, you know, did, did they not pay for something that was covered? Now you've got an argument. But right. to send them something saying, I don't like this amount of money, pay me more. That's not an appeal. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't say that. It's just I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing that with the No Surprise Act now. I'm seeing that I don't like it. Okay, like but it. all right, well, give me something more to work with, friends. Tell me what yeah. you do like and why you like that and why you feel it's reasonable and compared to what. And I don't like that. Mm. I know. It's it's crazy. I have a friend who's a um, an attorney, healthcare attorney in Los Angeles, and she is uh, doing contracts for the IDR, so the uh, independent resolution process for the No Surprise Act. And she's like, 
you should be, you'd be surprised at some of the things I get. Basically, they just want money and they're not even giving us any way to say because it's compared to. And I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm like, yeah. I, I see that. Um, one of the things you asked me earlier, as far as references that I forgot to mention, Becker's mm -hmm. Health. If you Becker's can sign Health, up, yes. you guys, this is a free um, kind of site and they send you emails. So you're going to get a flood. But Becker's Health is a great site for what's happening in the industry. It's like news pieces. And then they reference the mm -hmm. news pieces by who they talk to. I, I belong to GI, cardio, the general one, and um, ambulatory surgery center. And it's really good. Do you use those? I don't do, I don't use, I get the emails and I, I peruse them for the information, but I don't right. use them as much as I probably should. It's good information. They really yeah. have a lot there. Now they're not an authoritative resource as far as they said it. So I'm going to use them as but I can they'll do it give you the resource. They'll give you the resource and they give you the information. So you know what's happening in the industry yeah. and they're on top of it like yesterday. So that's what I like about it. Um, another resource I use also for, for things like that is the Cosmos from um, HCCA, the Healthcare Compliance oh, Association. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do speak with uh, uh, Nina Youngstorm all the time about certain areas that she's presenting, but she's right on top of everything as well. Actually, that's probably the only person on Twitter that I follow is uh, Nina because she's right on top of everything that's happening as it's happening. So right. yeah, there's she provides a, you with the resource. Yeah. Claire. Oh my gosh. She's going to be mad at me. She's on MGMA and she is an attorney with MGMA and I follow her on Twitter and she's just so good at knowing what's going on. Let me find her real quick. But um, there's certain people you just know they're going to give you, you know, the information that you need right away. And it's just really helpful to have that. Let me see. Absolutely. Claire Ernst. Yes. She yeah. is awesome. I can't believe I forgot her last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just, you know, kind of as a wrapping up what we're doing here, mm -hmm. one of the things I also really like about cardiology and other specialties is collection and appeals and denials. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's great when you know the specialty and you know your CPT book and you can reference your way to payment if they just, you know, if they're not understanding the, the payment situation. But one thing I do hear a lot of, whether it's a seminar or conference I'm speaking at or whatever is, is a coder that says, well, I've tried that and that never works. You guys, never is a long time. Yeah. You've got to be patient. Yeah. You've got to find ways to, if you're entitled to that reimbursement, try it. You don't make the assumption that, well, that won't work. It, it, it could work. You just have to really work on it to make it work. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. If you know what you're doing and you keep working at it, um, I have seen those five and six level Medicare appeals work, go beyond the ALJ and work. It just takes time and yes. diligence and staying up to date with what the rules are um, and, and making sure that you're looking at the right years of rules too. That's another thing that make sure that if you're looking at an LCD or you're looking at uh, a CPT code that you're looking at the correct description for the time period that you're appealing, exactly. not that you're trying to apply old information or new information to something that you want to be current for that year of the information. Boy, we could talk all day long, couldn't we, we Terry? Yes, oh, we could. So much fun. Well, and, and remember too, you know, physicians right now are being graded based on how they stand out, how their mm -hmm. um, surveys are, patient surveys. And it's amazing how in patient surveys, the number eight or nine question is, oh, how did you like your treatment? 
everything else starts with, was the staff nice? Did you get your billing done? Was the coding done? I mean, seriously, what, what other services do they offer that they don't down the street? You know, are you open till 10 o'clock on Thursdays? And then finally they say, oh yeah, I forgot. How'd you like your doctor? So, <laughs> so being able to give services about, especially on coding and billing and collections and, and mm -hmm. standing out in that manner, um, that, can, that can be really helpful to your physician. Absolutely. Terry, thanks so much for being with me today and uh, sharing with me all of this wonderful information. We, we, you made cardiology sound like so much fun. Um, I might have to reconsider it maybe <laughs> some day down the road. But uh, for now, I, I really appreciate you, your information, your knowledge, all of the references that you provided us, some of the reminders for coders in the industry, things that we need to make sure that we keep at the, the top of our thoughts, uh, authoritative resources and things like that, and, and some of those other organizations that we can reach out to for information. Really appreciate it. I can't wait to do this again. Um, I, th I think I'm going to have to ask you to come back to talk to us about some of those other specialties that you like and, uh, and how someone would be able to get into those. So. That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Terry, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Everyone have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for watching.